0: Welcome to Are You Quizzing Me? I'm Vineet Nayar with my co-host Aditya Kaship. This is a quizzing trivia podcast show where we ask each other questions and share what we know and learn with you. Though in a quizzing format, it's not competitive, the questions are simply a way of sharing our love of trivia. So sit back, relax and join us as we explore the depths of human knowledge. Here's the format. We ask each other questions alternatingly, as many as time permits while giving as many clues as needed to help each other get to the answer. Let's get quizzing. Hi, Vineet here. My audio quality in this episode is pretty bad. Just one of the realities of recording in a hurry in a less than ideal location. Rather than nixing the whole episode, we decided to put it out there. We'll strive to do better and are working on it. So apologies again and hope you enjoy the show. Another episode is due. And before, as usual, before we start the episode and the questions that follow, there is the burning question that has existed in the hearts of all our listeners. Aditya, tell us, what kind of ghost is not turned away by a ghost like?
1: Um, this one is a head scratcher, honestly, because you have to really think about it. Uh, the only ghost which should not be afraid of the spotlight would be a ghost which was used to the spotlight and that would be an actor. So for fans of uh, Shah Rukh Khan, you remember Om Shanti Om, Deepika Padukone's character was an actress, Shanti Priya. So Shanti Uh-oh. Priya's ghost would not be afraid of a ghost Uh-oh. light. <laughs> take it, take it out. In the second half of Om Shanti Om. Sorry, spoilers for those who haven't watched that. Great movie, brilliant movie. <laughs>
0: It, yeah, it, it, it is a great movie. I don't think that the makers would be very happy that you use the movie in such a context.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were going for such nuances, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, alright, let's put that uh, painful moment behind us and let's go on.
0: <laughs> Extremely painful moment behind us. Uh, <laughs> so, I'll start off uh, today's questions with a small connect. So, I'm going to tell you the name of certain movies, and I need you to tell me what connect these movies. Okay. The Ghost Writer, Tenet, Drive, Layer Cake, The Road, Hero, and Kill Bill. Interesting. Um, it's not an exhaustive list. Uh, there are others okay. I can add to it to help you along if you
1: want. Okay. So I have no clue right off the bat uh i'll just ask for a quick clue over here is there a human being is there somebody who connects them one person who connects them
0: no i would say more of a something that's common to all of them but it's not a human being
1: it's not a single person it's not it's not like
0: one single person is connected to all these things. it's more of something a little more general if you want i can give you uh one more addition to the list mm-hmm. oh
1: i know i know i think i know
0: Okay, okay. You Get said
1: uh, hmm. Tenet and you said Drive. Uh, what other movies did you mention?
0: I mentioned uh, The Ghost Rider. Okay. Layer Cake. Okay. The There's
1: Road. The Road, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, none of these movies have a named protagonist.
0: Yes, brilliant, brilliant, correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Aditya mentioned, now all these movies have unnamed protagonists. Some other movies which would also fit, uh, where one which I purposely left out was Fight Club.
1: Fight Club, yeah.
0: Edward yeah. Norton's character is never mentioned by name. Uh, yeah, the Ghost Fighter, Ewan McGregor's character is only ever referred to as the ghost. In Tenet, mm. is uh, John David Washington's character is only referred to as the protagonist, yes. Mm. In Fight Club, uh, Brad Pitt's character is very famously named uh, Tyler Durden, but Edward Norton's character is completely unnamed. Uh, In Drive, Ryan Gosling's character is only referred to as the driver. In The Road, Viggo Mortensen's uh, character is only called Papa. Layer Cake, which is a very underrated uh, movie from Daniel Craig's uh, body of work. He he plays an unnamed cocaine dealer slash businessman.
1: That is one of the movies I have have not watched. One of the movies I have not watched in the... In the list is yeah, Kill Bill. Yes, of course. Actually, Kill Bill, uh She's Uma Thurman's character is never named. Is it uh, that Kill Bill Two? We find out her name. No, we don't or find. Do we, we never find
0: out her name, right? She's only the bride. Okay, she's right? I don't the bride. She's, yeah, yeah. We'll have to fact check that. But as I remember it, we we don't get to know her name. But In the anyway, first movie least, definitely
1: you don't. Yes, yeah, yeah, the first, first movie, movie
0: definitely we don't know her name. Yeah, we'll have to check. Other examples of such movies with unnamed protagonists include Zombieland, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, as The Man with No Name,
1: and no,
0: no, no, uh, Rebecca. Really. Yes.
1: And Rebecca. So I only got it because of Tenet and The Road, two movies
0: uh, which have I had Tenet. actually initially, I had put Fight Club in the list and then I removed it at the last second because I thought, okay, I'll keep that as a clue rather than, you know, giving it away. Because Fight is famous Interestingly.
1: Scene, Interestingly, Fight Club, uh, and of course, at no point is Edward Norton's character explicitly named, but I do believe that there were some theories about how he's Jack.
0: Yeah, because they say the, he's Jack's angry colon.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. exactly. So there was some theory, I remember reading online some point, that he's actually Jack. He is himself named Jack. And of course, the other alternative is that he's named Tyler Durden, so... Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, a fun fact, uh, Chuck Palahni, the guy who actually wrote the novel, uh, uh, he uh, got the idea for the novel because he went on a, I think it was a camping trip or something. And he got into a fight with a couple of people. And the next day when he went to work, he had like bruises on his face and he was all messed up. But nobody Ooh. asked him, you know, what happened to him? Uh, or why have you walked nice. in like this? And then he realized oh. that, you know, people were too afraid to ask know that he has a dark side they were afraid that he, was a, he has a dark side which is the inspiration for five that's
1: pretty really cool that's pretty really
0: cool
1: all right okay fascinating
0: yes your turn
1: this particular attire this particular piece of clothing is named after a country club in a park in new york because of the dress code that was enforced there what am i talking about
0: so it's a piece of attire that's named after a country club in a park in new york that's right um okay first right off the bat no idea what we're what this is about um so is it safe to assume that the park we're talking about is central park does central park have country clubs? Uh,
1: no actually the name of the park is the one that has inspired the attire's name so the Country club oh. itself is the one that has lent its name. The park is the one that has.
0: Oh, is it a kind of headwear, headgear?
1: No, no, it's not. they're
0: starting to think of you know different names, you know, because I was starting to think of different names of uh, you know hats and caps and things like that. Mm. Uh
1: no, that would no, be a good. Yes, okay. but no. Uh,
0: and this is New York. Unfortunately, my knowledge of parks in New York is restricted to Central Park that's what the thing you see on TV all
1: the time uh, <laughs> yes yes but no it's not uh it's actually a very simple etymology question so you know it or you don't know it but it's based on the dress code that was enforced at the country club if that gives a hint
0: so then it would appear so dress code I would say black tie uh so coattails no is there a coattail part
1: no. No, no, no. no it's not a coattail part
0: uh Bowler top. No,
1: that's a bowler hat, right? So they, no, um, bowler hats. Okay. Um, tuxedo. Tuxedo park is the one. That is it. Tuxedo there park. There is a park? Is okay, there's New a tuxedo York. park. And there's a famous country club there. And they had a dress code which mandated dinner jackets, um, which eventually gave its name to tuxedos as we know them today.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant question.
1: Yeah, so the story goes, and this is this is more of a an, a legend. of. So, so. this is more of a, a story that has been passed down verbally, perhaps. Uh, so it's not verified, but uh, the idea is that uh, one of the gentlemen, Griswold Loryard, Loryard, I believe that's how it pronounced, Griswold Loryard, came up with the idea to wear short black jacket without tails. And then that became... And he was the son of the founder of that particular country club. So eventually that became a mandate for everybody to be wearing. It was a custom that everybody who came for dinner used to be wear that black jacket without tails. As this fashion spread, uh, the name tuxedo spread with it. Literally like the ones in tuxedo, like the ones worn in tuxedo. So that's how we get the word tuxedo.
0: Yeah. I, I never cease to be surprised by the origins of words, you know, they're so diverse. Now, I'd be so interested to know where Tuxedo Park got its name.
1: <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I would also have to search for that, but I don't know. Interestingly, also, back then, it was considered an informal jacket, because it did not have tails, did not have coat tails it had a short tail. So, when it was introduced, it was meant to be more of a casual dinner jacket, an informal dinner jacket, and now would be considered one of the most formal attires for men. Yeah.
0: Um, Fascinating. Fashion, yes. Yes, fashion. Okay, let's move from fashion to food and drink. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is used in Northern Europe and particularly Scandinavian cuisine to impart a sharp, clear flavor to gamey meat dishes, especially wild birds and game meats like boar and venison. Besides Norwegian, Danish and Swedish dishes, it also sometimes used in German, Austrian, Czech, Polish, and Hungarian cuisine, often with roasts. Okay. The Romans uh, used it as a cheap domestically produced substitute for the expensive black pepper and long pepper, which were traded from India. So going as far as to adulterate pepper with this thing, mm-hmm. you would probably know it. And the flavor that it imparts from a distilled alcoholic drink to which it also lends its name. So, let me just summarize a huge thing. It's something that's used to give a very clear, sharp flavor to certain kinds of meats uh, Mm -hmm. and meat dishes. Uh, It's used in Norwegian, Danish, Swedish cuisine. Sometimes in German, Austrian, Czech, Polish and Hungarian cuisine. The Romans used to use it as uh, as a, a substitute to pepper going so far as to sometimes adulterate pepper with it because pepper was so expensive and it had to come all the way from India you would know this and probably even the flavor of this from an alcoholic drink to which it gave its name uh,
1: my first instinct was to say vinegar but uh, that seems to be on the wrong path because it was used to adulterate pepper so I can't imagine vinegar being used for that um, so Is it a type of spice?
0: Uh, Not a spice. I wouldn't say it's a kind of spice. Hmm. The thing is, there are very few clues I can give for this uh, particular question without uh, giving it away. But I will tell you that it's a kind of berry.
1: Kind of berry? That is also used in uh, some kind of alcohol, right, you said?
0: Yes, so it uh, it imparts its flavor to a certain type of distilled alcohol, alcoholic <laughs> drink. The name of the alcoholic drink was also derived from this ingredient.
1: Very very random, but like gooseberry because grey goose, but again that's a brand name. <laughs>
0: oh no, no. Really and that's a... vodka. Vodka is traditionally and that is vodka. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. Exactly, it's pretty yeah. I'm off there. Mm, it's a kind of berry. Wow. I have no idea.
0: I have absolutely. Okay, no let idea. me put this uh, to you as well. If you're a cocktail drinker, you definitely know this alcoholic beverage because it's an ingredient in many, many alcoholic uh, cocktails. In many cocktails.
1: The only, only cocktail I drink is is a very fruity rum once in a while. <laughs> so I would be the worst like person. Back, ah, round punch would be great. Yes, <laughs> back to our first or second episode was it? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, um, uh, berry, cognac, no. Ah, uh, what berries are there? Let me see: blackberry, blueberry, gooseberry, raspberry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said it's a type of. Oh, is it one of those trick questions where banana is a berry? So you're talking about one of those but
0: berries the, that are not related? Technically, it's berry. Co- okay. Let me just let me just classify this. It's got the name berry mm-hmm. in it.
1: But it's okay, not great. a berry. Ah, one of the berries which... Are I'll berries give you a blue, blue It's
0: actually a kind of uh, seed cone.
1: <laughs> I'm strawberry. I don't know. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I have no ideas.
0: Okay, um, now I'm going to make you tell this. Okay, I'll give you uh, the name of a cocktail where this is uh, uh, <laughs> the predominant ingredient. Hopefully. Okay. In fact, is my, uh, my knowledge of cocktails is not so that great, so, but this is one I know, so... But mm. Tom Collins, this would mm. be one of the primary alcoholic ingredients in a Tom Collins.
1: Uh, Vinita, I don't know how else to tell you this, that I barely ever <laughs> drink alcohol and right now I'm regretting this life choice. Okay, so I mean, then, was okay, more this would alcoholic.
0: be, let me put this this way. This was uh, also, the, okay, this was considered the bane of, uh, you know, alcoholics in Victorian England. So this is the bane of uh, alcoholics in uh, Victorian England. And uh, this was also a very popular cocktail amongst colonial Englishmen.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, okay, and you would, you would, and you would use tonic okay. water as the mixer. I was just going to say, is it a gin? <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, so if it's gin, okay. what ingredient am I juniper,
1: talking about? Juniper berries. Juniper yes, berries. I know yes, that. Yes, I know yes. that. Juniper yes. berries. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so, damn, that was quite the journey we took. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, the name more.
0: Gin is a shortened form of the older English word Geneva, which is related to the French Genève and the Dutch word Genevieve, all ultimately derived from juniperus, which is the Latin for juniper. Hence, juniper berries give you gin.
1: That is a lovely piece of trivia. You know what? I was probably not going to use this today. But okay. since you've brought this up, I'm going to throw this trivia out as our next question. So in 1066, in the year 1066, the Battle of the Hast- Battle of Hastings was fought. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about the English history back then. But the Norman French army won.
0: William the Conqueror. 1066
1: AD. Oh, wonderful. So you do know what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, famous battle and uh, the Normans won. And uh, this eventual the eventual conquest of England led to a very specific quirk in language, a very specific quirk in language You're smiling. So I'm assuming you know the answer. Okay, uh, so I'll leave it just at that. Yeah. What Okay, what so am I I'm doing?
0: going to try a shot in the dark. If it's right, I'm going to flex. Okay. Okay. If it's not, okay. But chalo. it's led to the uh, the practice of certain things having both a French and an English version. So you have the an animal, which is a cow, but the meat is called beef because it's beef in French.
1: Right, right, right. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Wow, that was...
0: Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I thought I
1: had to give a few more clues, but you got it absolutely No, 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 right. no I yes, knew this one. I, this
0: one I
1: knew, yes. We were talking about food, and so this was a wonderful piece of trivia that I uh, read a while back. So the thing is, it's not established if it is the only reason why meats and the animals that they come from in English have different names, but it is one of the leading theories. Uh, let me explain. So... Cows would be the animal, but the royalty or or the people who were in power, which were the Normans who spoke French, uh, they would refer it to the, the English word uh, by the French word. My bad, by the French word, beef, and which which gave us the name beef. Uh, and same thing for pig versus pork, and um, a few other examples, mutton as well. So all of these things came from old English the Old English word became the animal name and the French word became the meat name, which is also another way of people differentiating between kind of being able to remove themselves from the fact that they're eating an animal is what I've heard uh, was a reason that the nobility did not want to be using the same words that the commoners were using to refer to their animals. Interestingly, Mm -hmm. one of the things which does not follow this rule is fish. And uh, the reason is because in French, it is poisson, if I'm not wrong, P-O-I-S-S-O-N. Poisson. And uh, the Old English of poison would be close to that. So they Uh perhaps did not use the French word for fish when they refer to the meat and the meat is also still referred to as fish. But for the rest, yes, it does uh, make that little quirk in... Our language today, an English language today.
0: Yeah, and in those days, French was considered to be the more uh, uh, refined, cultured language. And uh, English was especially supposed for, to be especially and for food. Yeah,
1: yeah, and especially for food. The French have always dominated the culinary world, so.
0: At least in Europe. I defy them to Afro- do that here Afro- in Asia, obviously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that is my question and on
0: to you now. Oh, okay. So, this is a very simple one, simple question. Anand Mehta is a uh, renowned Gujarati industrialist and seven-time National Bridge Champion. His wife, Annabel Mehta, is a British philanthropist. Their daughter, born in 1967, a pediatrician by education and trade, is a well-known personality, mostly because of her married last name. Who's their daughter?
1: Wow, what? <laughs> um, that is, Anand Mehta is a bridge champion.
0: Yes, yes. So he was a, he was a, he's an industrialist and a sometime bridge champion. I don't, I'm not sure of the exact time frame, but he was a bridge champion. And his wife was a, uh, who's also a philanthropist. And uh, their daughter is uh, very well known in India. Because of her last name, not because she's a pediatrician or anything. that. She's known because of her last name, married last
1: name. Known because of her married last name. Uh, I can assume she married into the Gandhi family. I don't know. Who
0: not was. the Gandhi family, but you are close. She like she married obviously somebody really, really, really famous
1: ah Ambani's one of the ambani's wow this is awesome. such a or is there some other hint that i'm missing uh any other uh
0: hint yeah so they have there's a very uh famous uh fact that uh she's older than her husband which is uh, rare
1: oh <laughs> 10 years older is it <laughs> what the number I don't remember. Are we talking about... Uh, what's her name? Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to get this. Sachin's wife is named... Uh, Anjali, Anjali, Anjali.
0: Yes, it is, is Anjali
1: Tendulkar. Yes. <laughs> right, okay. Anjali Tendulkar is the daughter of Annabelle and Anand Mehta.
0: Annabelle and An- Anand Mehta.
1: Oh, cute. And I, I was fascinated to
0: know that her uh, father was a bridge champion, like in India. Bridge champion. Uh, currently, at least, you know... Bridge is not a sport that's uh, popular in any you know measure, but uh, he was a champion, and uh, the fact that he was, he's a successful industrialist now, and his daughter is also famous, but famous for a completely different reason.
1: <laughs> Annabelle Anand, Anjali—that's cute. Oh, oh, it's a little alliteration situation. My right God. Okay, lovely. All right. Uh... How familiar are you with uh, the tech world? Not
0: very, but I can...
1: Okay, so this, is, this is something that uh, you might have encountered. HTTP, which is the protocol which uh, pretty much governs all of internet, has a, spec- has a few specific uh, error codes that are given, right? The, one of the most famous ones is like 404 not found. Yes. Right, okay. So this one, this error code is for... Unavailable for legal reasons. Okay. What is the error
0: code? Unavailable for legal reasons. Yes. Unavailable for legal reasons. So it will be something similar. Wait, it's not 420, is it? 420.
1: Uh, no, it's not 420.
0: No, no, no. no that's the number that comes to mind. Whenever <laughs> <May> somebody <laughs> asks <Yes. you. laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, so it's uh, unavailable for legal reasons. Mm. So it has to be a number which is uh, related to the judiciary in some way, shape or form.
1: It is a pop culture reference, is how I would phrase it's
0: it. A pop culture
1: reference. Yeah, which is what makes it so interesting and a lovely piece of trivia. Unavailable due to
0: legal reasons. To... Something
1: to do with a song? No, not a song. Uh,
0: you have to give me a clue here.
1: Okay, no worries. This number is also associated with this urban legend of a phone call to the local fire department. And that's how this number became famous. This is such a vague clue, but but giving more than this would so make to it to fire obvious.
0: department, like there are... Uh, okay, now see, but those like differ from country to country, right? In the US, it's 911. In the yes. UK and the Middle East, it's 999. Yes is it 911 so or 999
1: it is not it is not the number that is used to call them but okay. it the number came about because of a phone call to the fire department the number came about because of a phone call to the fire department to the local fire department
0: no i you'll have to give me something
1: okay so this uh, pop culture item is dated to 1953
0: 1953
1: it's not a song Okay, it's four five one. It is Fahrenheit four five one. You fire. got that bag on, <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Oh yes, yes.
0: Unavailable due to legal reasons because
1: it's banned. Unavailable for legal reasons because it is banned. Yes. So, uh, error code four five one is unavailable for legal reasons. And the reasons I'm the reason I mentioned the fire department call is because when the author. He wanted to figure out what, uh, Ray Bradbury yeah that's name yeah, Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury yeah, Ray wanted to w- wanted to name his uh, book based on the temperature Fahrenheit uh, at which paper burns so he called up the local fire department to ask them that and somebody just told him it's 451 which might not be the most accurate answer because it's a range, but it was the closest answer that he got and that's how the name of the novel also came Fahrenheit 451 novel.
0: But uh, I think Tim Berners Lee had mentioned that most of these codes were given at random, right? There were not. Uh, was there any logic to it?
1: Uh the four five one was spe- specifically given as an homage, yeah. But most of the other ones were not.
0: I am going to counter that with a question from India. This was invented by M. B. Hanifa in the early eighties. The current form of this was designed by two professors at IIT Bombay, A.G. Rao and Ravi Povaiya. It is powered by an ordinary 6-volt alkaline battery manufactured by Bharat Electronics Limited, Bangalore, and the Electronics Corporation of India Limited, Hyderabad. Other countries like Nepal, Bhutan, Namibia, and Kenya have purchased these from us for use in their own country. It was first used in a limited fashion in 1982 in North Paravur, Ernakulam, Kerala. It has been brought into use pan-India between 1998 and 2001. What am I talking about? Are
1: these evians?
0: Brilliant crack. Tell me, I mean, you'll really have to tell me how you got that. I, I made this question as vague as possible. But,
1: <laughs> No, the only reason I know this is because of uh, Kerala. I know that's the first place that they tried out EVMs. And uh, the the years and stuff gave me a small clue. So yeah, that's why EVMs.
0: <laughs> and uh, also personal connect here. My mom's hometown is North Barone, where this, ah, uh, okay. That's how I came to know about this trivia. Because I used to hear uh, people there saying, Ah, we were using this from the 80s. I, it was used wow. in one election, okay. but uh, you know, they claim that this was, it was uh, uh, used for the first time in India, in Borough. It led to a court case and you know? all. Uh, so what happened was the early version was used in limited numbers in a by-election in North Borough in 1982. However, the Supreme Court stuck down the results because sections 59 to 61 of the representation of People's Act in 1951 specified paper ballots. Interesting. So, because of that, you were not allowed to use an electronic voting machine. The Parliament of India amended the Representation of People's Act in December 1988. Okay. And then Section 61 of the amended law empowered the Election Commission to deploy voting machines instead of paper ballots. The amended law became effective from March 15, 1989. They modified the original version to the version that we know now. After extensive testing, it was used uh, from 1998 onwards. I really thought I would have to give you more clues for that
1: one. <laughs> no, that was a great question. Um, which countries did you mention ex- uh, export import this from us? Yeah, so
0: Nepal, Bhutan, Namibia and Kenya.
1: Cool. That was a great question. Okay, let me move on to mine. In the year 1125, a bishop in Paris threatened to excommunicate any priest caught doing this particular activity. But one of them, who was a massive enthusiast, devised a secretive way to continue doing it. What am mad- I... Oh my God, you're laughing so much. need. do you already know the answer? I'm trying to be No, so no, no. Vague. I just
0: have a very rude I'm answer. Gonna... I'm not sure if I should say it or
1: <laughs> <laughs> excommunicate people for swearing no it wasn't that no, no, no. it's
0: not swearing. i'm not swearing i was thinking of.
1: oh i see No, <laughs> so i can guess what you were thinking of but no that's not what you're thinking it is definitely okay. not what you're thinking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there was an enthusiast of this particular activity and uh
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
1: no, it is not. Uh, uh, okay, it's not. What I don't think, know like, the same thing, because uh, that just reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where they kept talking about "master of my domain," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which was one of the funniest euphemisms I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, anybody okay. who's interested can go Google that. Yeah. No, but that's not what we're talking about. So okay. one of the enthusiasts uh, found a secretive way of continuing to do so. What am I talking about?
0: So this was a... he threatened to excommunicate monks who would do this going forward. Yes, yes. Uh, Has this got something to do with, um, you know, illuminated manuscripts? No, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't. Interestingly enough, it does have something very vaguely to do with books. Perfect. But uh, but do not go down that path because that might uh, confuse. Yeah, you. no. Because I'll the, f- the, the first
0: thought, uh, the first thought that had come to mind was the mm. fact that uh, in the old days monks were the educated, you know, part of the population, and mm-hmm. so they are the mm-hmm. ones who like manually, painstakingly copied uh, texts to create, right. you know, various copies of it. So I was thinking maybe of, uh, somebody's putting in a root. A pornography picture
1: somewhere on the corner or something like that. Oh, no, 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 not in this case. <laughs> no.
0: Not in this case. i you guessing it's going to be something very silly.
1: Oh, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, it isn't considered a silly, frivolous activity. It is a pastime, yes, but I wouldn't call it silly, is not the word that I would use to describe
0: it. Uh, drinking wine?
1: No, no, not drinking wine.
0: And found a secretive way of doing it, is what you said, right?
1: Yeah. And that way has become very popular till date. It is still used, even though there's no need for it to be secretive anymore. It is still commonplace.
0: This is eleven twenty-five. You said right.
1: Eleven twenty-five. Yes.
0: So then, tobacco hasn't reached the new uh, the old world from the new world yet. So it's not smoking. Not yet. Uh, no. Is it something you would consider a vice?
1: Not even at all. Today, in fact, uh, parents might even be happy if their children were doing this. Wait, study or learn? Almost considered an intellectual exercise. No, not study or learn, no. The origins of this activity lie in India. Chess? Chess is the right answer. But what am I talking about? What is the secretive method? Checkers. Oh, no. So I'll tell you what it is. Chess is a brilliant, brilliant answer. Uh, chess was condemned widely, widely in the, at the turn of the millennium. So many, many different kings and uh, priests and religions were condemning chess, as it is with most new things. And uh, he threatened to, this bishop uh, in Paris, threatened to excommunicate any priest caught playing chess. One such enthusiast devised a secretive way, and there was a folding board. So, the folding board was devised by this guy because it looked like two books lying together. Ah,
0: and that way okay. they didn't the have to have a open. Chess
1: board. Yeah, so now we use that as a travel version. But it first came about to just hide it from the bishop, uh, that they were actually playing chess to hide their chess boards. Oh,
0: that's, that's a beautiful question. Yeah, oh, I love this. I'm stuff. using that. I'm using that. <laughs> <laughs> please do. Please do. Okay, uh, so the last question for today from me, this is a fairly easy answer because it's uh, become uh, a point of, you know, discussion nowadays. Mm-hmm. Rae mm-hmm. has traditionally been a an Indian National Congress bastion, having elected MPs from the INC, Indian National Congress, except for a total of five years in the past 75 years. The current MP from Rai Bareilly is uh, Sonia Gandhi, who's held the parliamentary seat from 2004 till date. My question is, who was the first member of the Nehru-Gandhi family to contest and win an election from Rai Bareilly in 1952? In
1: 1952? Yes. Who in 1952? Oh, from the Nehru-Gandhi family. Yes. I don't know, the obvious answer seems to be Jawaharlal Nehru, but I would imagine that's not the case. Okay. Was uh, Indira still, was Indira already running for elections in
0: 52? No. Indira
1: no. Um, okay, I'm guessing there's some fun meaty trivia here which I'm missing out on, so I'd love a hint.
0: Okay, how do I put this? You could say that this person is the originator of the Nehru Gandhi family.
1: The originator of Nehru Gandhi? Modi, Oh, okay. Uh, feroz Gandhi? Yes, it is Firoz Gandhi. <laughs> okay, uh, that's why the originator of the Nehru Gandhi family.
0: Nehru Gandhi family, not the Nehru family, yeah, yeah. not the Gandhi family. So uh, this <laughs> has been circulating in social media also right now. Uh, okay. that uh, Firoz gandhi or Firoz jahangir gandhi which was hmm. actually written as g h a n d y it was gandhi yeah. not gandhi yeah. uh, and he was he was so he was so he was from actually uh, Firoz jahangir gandhi was a parsi yes okay? and uh, he changed his name to gandhi after joining the independence uh, movement. So he changed it from Gandhi as in G-H-A-N-D-Y to G-A-N-D-H-I which is, you know, the same surname as uh, Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi. So he can be called the originator of the Nehru Gandhi family because technically they have no other connection to the surname Gandhi. After independence, Firoz and Indira Gandhi settled in Allahabad and Firoz became the managing director of the National Heritage. After being a member of parliament in provincial, provincial parliament, he won independent India's first general elections in 1952 from Riberi. Uh, do you by any chance know the only uh, non-Congress person to hold the empty seat from Riberi? It's a little difficult. Uh, it's just uh, it's like one of those things you either know it or you... It's a, yeah, a I
1: probably won't know it. But which year? 96-98. Which year? Uh, 96, ninety six, ninety eight. No, I I doubt my political consciousness was <laughs> active from then.
0: So it was uh, Ashok Singh from the BJP.
1: Ah, okay, yes, 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 yes. I think I might have heard
0: of this. Yeah, Ashok Singh. I put this question that's in nice. because this uh, there are a mm-hmm. lot of uh, discussion now because uh, especially related to this whole Adani thing that's going on because mm-hmm. uh, Feroz Gandhi was a very prominent force in his own right and he was criticized okay. uh, critical of his father-in-law's government uh, oh, okay he, he was uh, uh, he began a fight against corruption exposed many financial irregularities and scams wow at one point he, he had even suggested that telco be hmm. nationalized okay and that caused oh, a huge uh you know uh, problem because he, he the reason he suggested that was because they were charging nearly double the price of a Japanese uh, railway engine. The Tata Engineering and Locomotive Company, also known as Telco, they were charging almost double the price that the Japanese were charging. So he had suggested that you know Telco should be nationalized because they were uh, charging so much. But that caused a huge problem in the Parsi uh, you know community because Tata's were also Parsi. This fellow also Parsi. But as I said, because this Adani uh, issue has come up recently because the Hindenburg report. Uh, the a uh, lot of people have now brought up the fact that he had exposed a lot of financial scams in his first tenure, even though he was the son in law of the Prime Minister of India at in that time. So I thought it was a topical question.
1: Very interesting. I love that. I love that. Um last question of the episode I believe. Yes. Let's keep this a short one. Which is the highest court in the land? in United States of America.
0: Okay, I'm guessing this is... So, I'm going to tell you right now that because I can see that smirk, uh, you people can't, but I can see the smirk on his face. Uh, Yes, that it is obviously not the Supreme Court of the United States. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, it's, uh, when you say highest court, that it's a court at some high elevation somewhere. (laughs)
1: It's a interesting guess, yes, but um, it's almost there in a way. Yes, you're getting there. You're getting there. I can give you more hints if you need it.
0: Oh, is it the one in Alaska because it's uh, so high up in the uh, latitudes or something?
1: Right? No, no, no. So I'm not. <laughs> this isn't wordplay as such. I mean, technically it is wordplay, but it's not something that I have come up with. It is a nomen- It's a weird nomenclature thing. It is the physical high highest court, and it is located in Washington, D.C.
0: Wait, is this a special narcotics court or something where they uh, only take deal with marijuana, heroin cases or something like that? No.
1: No, 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 no. Because I was
0: going for that definition of high.
1: <laughs> oh, boy, that would be a brilliant answer, but no, unfortunately... I wish, I wish that was the actual answer <laughs> no it's not um okay so this is actually very much located proximal to the supreme court building in washington dc okay it's
0: proximal to the uh, building in washington no i i have no idea
1: okay. this court is not open to the public but if you listen closely enough if you are attending the supreme court proceedings you would probably hear the highest court being used sometimes um, i'm i'm being i'm being very very no no <laughs> i like this
0: kind of questions it's satisfying if you are able to crack it but if you are yes. it, it just frustrates you beyond belief okay highest um, court uh No, you'll have to put me out of my i I'm just not getting
1: it. Okay, so the the US Supreme Court is located on the fourth floor. This particular court sits on the fifth floor and that's why it's the highest court. Just because (laughs) but 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 it's not a court as in a judicial court.
0: It's a basketball court.
1: court. It's a basketball court in the US (laughs) Supreme Yes, in the US Supreme Court building. (laughs) And it's oh my God. colloquially known as the highest court in the land because it literally sits above the Supreme Court <laughs> in the US.
0: Okay, you really got me with that one. That was a a good one.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's my question. Short That's answer, your please. question.
0: So Aditya, you know what's next, right? You know what oh you're God.
1: I ah uh, I should prepare these beforehand because every time you and I know how much. No, I no, it's, it's a lot more fun to watch you suffer <laughs> when
0: you have to come up with these things on the spot. So please. Uh,
1: okay, all right. Hmm. I think you already cr- gave the best joke so far, though. With the highest code being one to do drugs. <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> what uh, garment is named after a park in India? I don't
0: know why I don't. Okay, just for the sake of the audience, do you actually have an answer for this? Or you're going I to
1: have pick no up? answer. No, I don't know. I'm going to make it up. You know
0: how much I struggle before every episode. I'm just
1: randomly, just trying to figure out. This. I put in more effort into this than into the actual questions I ask. Because this isn't even a real thing. I have to make it up. Okay. okay, no, but I'll figure something out, yes. Yes, okay. Some garden so, named after an Indian park. <laughs>
0: okay, so that's all for this episode. Thank you all for listening in and, uh, you know, listening to Aditya torture himself. We <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It takes only a few seconds and it helps a lot more people, you know, discover the show. We'd also love to hear from you, feedback, suggestions, and even trivia. You can reach us on Instagram at Are Quizzing Me? We appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. And bye from us. And uh, before you go, Aditya will be back after the musical sting with the fact check. So stay tuned.
1: All right. And here's the fact check for the episode. The protagonist of Kill Bill, The Bride, has her name revealed in the sequel. It is Beatrix. The club in Tuxedo Park is also called Tuxedo Club itself. The park is a gated village in the town of Tuxedo. The town gets its name from the largest lake in the area, Tuxedo Lake. The lake in Lenni-Lenape, a native American language, is called Tuxedo which means either clear flowing water or place of the bear. Anjali Tendulkar is around 6 years older than Sachin and not 10. Two non-Congress members have occupied the Lok Sabha seat, Ashok Singh and Raj Narayan. Raj Narayan defeated Indira Gandhi in the elections right after the emergency was lifted. He was from the Janata Party. And that's all for the fact check.